kill nothing but time. Um, take nothing but pictures and leave nothing but bubbles. So, nice. <laughs> I like that. It's a good one. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Humans for Cause podcast by Coaching for Cause. The Humans for Cause podcast is all about taking a deeper look into the subjects that we specialise in. From sustainability to social enterprise, we will be talking to real humans about the causes that they are passionate about. We will leave no stone unturned as we talk and chat our way to understanding the world around us so that together we can create solutions, make positive change and productive impact. This podcast has been recorded with our community in mind. So let's get going. Hey everyone and welcome for another um, podcast episode at Humans for Cause. Uh, I will be your host for today, Manuel, I'm the founder of Coach for Cause and we have our special guest, Tasia, um, director of BioRock, part of us, and Molly, uh, one of the coaches of uh, Coach for Cause. Uh, BioRock is one of the NGOs that uh, people can support at Coaching for Cause and um, yeah, really excited to have you part of this. Welcome Tasia and Molly. Hi everybody, hi Manuel, hi Molly and thank you everybody who already listening to this podcast. My name is Tasha, uh, I'm the co-founder and executive director of Bayrock Indonesia. So Bayrock Indonesia, uh, we have vision actually to see, we would like to see communities across Indonesia engaged in the Bayrock technology uh, as an effort in protecting and restoring coral reefs so that this underwater ecosystem can thrive in the future. And we actually operate in a blended financing model. So we have our social enterprise, but we also have our foundation that supports each other. So engaging with communities, government, universities, all of the stakeholders in creating a healthy marine ecosystem for generations to come. And we are on a mission to restore two-thirds of coral reefs and shorelines in Indonesia through science, conservation, economic catalyzation, and also with advocacy. So that's the quick, inter- not quick, but quite low introduction of Fire of Indonesia. Yeah, wow, that's amazing. That's a quite a big goal, two-thirds of the yeah, coral reef line in Indonesia. <laughs> yeah, how, that's how, a lot. Yeah, how far are you already? Like, do you have like a percentage? <laughs> No, I think we're still in a, it's still a long, long way, a long journey. That's why, uh, (laughs) as you can imagine, Indonesia consists of like 17,000 islands and um, so many uh, coastline and we actually just starting small, the industry, uh, the foundation and the business. The social enterprise, and that's why um, we really need to work with other uh, other enterprise, other foundation to make it more uh, quickly to achieve our target for the impacts. Yeah, that's really interesting. I have no doubt that you will absolutely hit that target. I think that everything that Pyrox does is absolutely fantastic, and I've and I've thought that since the moment that I met you, and I think it was in a room in uh, in Ubud, just came bounding over and said hello, and and I just think your energy is absolutely infectious and essential, and what's needed um, to make this project come to fruition. Um, I'd love to hear more from you about the relationship between the social enterprise and the charity. Um, and how those two work together. Cause I think that's a really, I think it's quite a new model really, but I think it's yeah. the future 
Um, and yes. personally, I would love to know more about that. Yeah. Um, actually, the reason uh, why we decide to go with two models of uh, foundation and uh, enterprise because for all of this year, for um, because BioRock actually have been uh, 20 years in Indonesia, we already observed what, what kind of model that work uh, and what doesn't work in a coral reef. So we, we see that if we only count on um, what we call a foundation nonprofit activities and we rely too much on grant, that would be uh, the restoration effort just on project-based or program-based, which actually uh, we know that it would take decades or hundred years after the coral reef fully, fully recovered. And that is not enough to be uh, to work as a foundation. That's why we, we try to find innovative uh, ways to how actually um, the, the foundation will be starting uh, the project, but after the project started, how we can actually, you know, get the fund, uh, get people involved. Because when we when we talk with local communities, they prefer to work with enterprise. You know, they want to see like work with business as usual. So uh, those those kind of information, those kind of experience, inspire us to to work with these two models. And it, this is not actually a trial because we already. Uh, see this model working in Pamutaran that uh, the first site and the biggest site of coral reef restoration is in Bayerok Technology and uh, as you see Pamutaran was developed from the the most poor uh, area in Bali uh, it was dry and nothing grows there and that almost 90% of corals were dying in the 19s when there was a, a political situation um, in a what do you call it? in a in the mode of uh, it was the presidential election conflict. conflict. Yes, no, no, not yeah. conflict. Um, what do you call it? Um, it's a revolt, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was a riot at that time. Uh, the, the people was enforcing the current president to step down, and a massive demonstration was everywhere. And at the same time, economic was stopped, just like at the Kiran, but it was worse because it was riots at, everywhere. And people looking for uh, money, uh, trying to make ends meet, and they bombed uh, at the ocean, destroying coral reefs. Uh, so many um, people lose their jobs, and also, also environment also suffer, um, similar what we are facing at the moment, but much much more worse i think and in one or two decades using those mo those models uh foundation and so social enterprise until now i think that could be a result or proof that those models will work and um to make the sustainability of restoration for for decades nice um i, have I think <laughs> two, two, two questions or like follow-up questions like one why did they bomb the coral reef and second how do you restore uh, the coral reefs and how does the bio rock technology work yeah yeah so why why does people bombing their area because uh, at that time in Pemutaran 
1998 or almost 2000 i think hmm. uh, most of the people were um they they rely on their uh, jobs as fishermen so they get money from getting the fish the more fish they can get they can have more money to to get their family and the the fisherman usually wants to the culture of uh, the fisherman normally what from what i read and from what experience would like to have um, the fastest way as possible to get money so uh, until now still happening uh, fish bombing everywhere because because people need money anywhere and there's not much opportunity uh, in the coastal area so the the economic development is quite a big difference of what uh, government uh, develop in the city in the in the what do you call it, in the in the city in the village and what they develop in the coastal area especially in the remote areas in the remote islands is very different that's why they don't have any any alternatives to get money just mm. from fishing and they want to do plus fishing bombing just with the hope that they can have more money in a short time i think that's number one yeah, i don't remember yeah. the second question <laughs> oh, the se <laughs> second one was about the technology biorock like how do you restore the coral reefs um. yes the biorock technology so um I would say that the easiest part to understand biotechnology is when you have a jewelry and probably gold or silver and you think that it's not shining anymore and you decide to bring your jewelry to a place or to a technician where they can um, make your jewelry shine again by um, dip the jewelry into a solution and they use light electricity to what we call the cover your jewelry with gold or silver again so uh because they know the what you call the jewelry using solution or you call what is a liquid and we call them uh, electrolysis it means electric but using liquid and the same principles uh, will be applied with biorock but uh, we change the location into the ocean so uh, what happened is um, we have uh, electric uh, we have the source of electricity it can be anything it can be uh, from grid it can be from solar panels it can be from wind, anything that uh, produces electricity. And we can connect uh, the electricity into cables and one cable will go into the metal where we put the corals onto uh, the metals. That's where we can grow uh, the corals. And the other cable will go into the other metal, special metal with uh, form uh, special titanium mm. and we connect low voltage electricity electricity sorry between these two metals that uh, we put into 
to the ocean and when the electricity running there is the same reaction uh, under the water the same reaction similar what you have uh, in your jewelry um, so um, if your jewelry were coated with silver or gold we are coating the metal that attached the corals with limestone the limestone where is the source of limestone? It's already there because the limestone actually is dissolved in the uh, ocean. What we do is just attracting the mineral, the limestone in the water into the, the metal. So the metal uh, will not rust. As a matter of fact, it will be become uh, stronger um, with, the, with time. So it will be, will be bigger and bigger and bigger uh, with time. So, um, and what else? So, uh, <laughs> sorry, I, I'm trying to remember what should I explain. Oh, so when we when we have this kind of reaction uh, when the electricity was on, what happened in the coral is because uh, the coral actually needs a lot of energy to to grow to actually to to what do you call it? to create the skeleton. So when coral grows, they, they create their skeletons uh, made from um, limestone or calcium carbonate. And it's exactly the same materials that we grow also on the metals. And because coral needs so many energy just to survive and grow, when the coral condition, sorry, the water condition becomes um, worse, like example, um, the water become um, dirty because mud are uh, in, uh, coming to the ocean, or if the temperature is rising because there is a, a climate change, a global warming, and the corals are suffer because they couldn't go anywhere, so they get stressed. And in that challenging situation, corals will need more and more energy to survive. That's why if we don't provide help for corals, uh, in the slight, slightest change of environment, they could die at any moment um, at that time. And it will be become worse because the, the, uh, the ocean, the water also become worse because of the unsustainable development construction in the uh, in the beach or on land so that so many challenges that are threatening coral reefs and if we don't help the coral reefs um, to grow better faster and they could die because they couldn't survive without us um, is that simple or complicated. I think, no, I think that explains it incredibly well. I haven't heard you use the analogy of uh, the, the cleaning your silver. I haven't heard you explain it like that before. Um, so thank you for that. I think it's so interesting to, well, one, I love listening to people talk about the things that they are passionate about. And that's so clear when you speak to us here that you're passionate about this. Um, and I also, I just love listening to people talk about the, the intricacies of their work. Um, and I was wondering where where did your passion for coral restoration come from and how did you get involved in Biorock uh, in the beginning because 
was this something that was always was this like your destiny to use a very cheesy phrase was this something that you always pursued um or was this something that you kind of found by accident and then went oh this is what i'm supposed to do in life and then and then went on um i'd be really interested to know your journey into becoming a conservationist and how that impacted the rest of your life as well because you're so many other things outside of biorock as well yeah yeah um mostly people um related uh, to this to their cows because of their childhood but unfortunately my childhood um doesn't relate the, the sea or ocean because i grew up far from the sea or the beach because i live in in the city in java but i really really want to be involved in the cows um i don't know where the calling came from because um uh, when people talk about sea but the color i you know i have this enormous curiosity inside so uh i i start um learn scuba diving and also learn about the, this technology in 2004 when i uh, joined the diving club in college um and in 2004 and i was really passionate uh from you know um uh, having my first experience diving in Karimun Jawa uh, and also learn about this technology in Bali at that time and uh when I was in the workshop in Bali I was really passionate about saving the world I want to make you know superhero uh to save the coral yeah. reefs but and you're doing it and you're doing my, it yeah we're all doing <laughs> yeah. it but the thing is the thing is uh, on my journey back from Bali to my hometown in Jogja, I saw uh, with my own eyes that the dead corals were sold for souvenirs. Mm -hmm. And the sellers is also a mother carrying the child. So I was I'm having an emotional breakdown at that time because uh, I see that um, if I want to save the corals, it means that, you know, um, at the same time, the family need to make ends meet. So I, I really don't know what to do at that time. So I just having the emotional breakdown. I, I couldn't do anything. So what should I do? So at that time, I was so confused. And but that that moment that that uh, experience all already um, possessing me <laughs> to pursue the, the career or uh, to create a cause in this um, marine conservation. Unfortunately, uh, as a fresh graduate, as a woman, there was not many opportunities for jobs in coral reef or marine conservation. And I, I work in other area, but I always trying to find my back in this path. And so uh, during those times, 2004, uh, until uh, I came back to this path, I work in other area, but I, uh, do the voluntary work, involving events, as long as I I find my atmosphere in this uh, marine conservation. And I finally committing in 2014, at that time, I was pregnant with my second child. And at that time, I think, um, because I was pregnant, and I, I, I think resigned from my previous work, and I couldn't do... Uh, another job and at that, at that time I was um, asked by my friend uh, if I can provide uh, 
what you call a project restoration project in their area for 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 the charity charity event and i said yes even though i was pregnant and it was in maluku at that time so i was going back and forth uh even the project stops when i uh, deliver my second child <laughs> nursing my baby <laughs> can i just say for anyone Anyone who doesn't know how, how, where were you living at that time? Were you living in Bali or were you living in Java? In Bali, uh, so that's Bali. a considerable so, commute to be, to have children, to be pregnant, to commute from Bali to Maluku is, is far. Yes, but there's no, there's no direct flight. So I had to fly from Bali to Jakarta and Jakarta to um, so it's Maluku. So big commitment. Yes. That's impressive. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Um, as I mentioned, that because there's not there's not much opportunity for even for fresh graduate. And when I was pregnant with my first child, actually I I have this kind of opportunity as a, a coral reef what do you call it, officer? I think in one of uh, big uh, company uh, mining company in Indonesia, but. Because they found out that I was pregnant, then they they say no um, at that time. So then back to square one again. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, again, <laughs> I just love listening to people uh, tell their story. So Tasia, building on from everything that you were saying just there, which is your incredible journey going from a graduate who found it difficult to find work to now being the executive director of Byrock Indonesia, which is incredible um what would your advice be to somebody who is facing similar difficulties getting into the conservation sector or similar um struggles finding work right now what would your advice be to somebody who is pursuing their dream in conservation my advice would be be kind to everybody but especially to yourself you should be kind because with kindness um we can be um, a version that probably that uh, a better option than than the other so kindness will guide us to what we want to achieve so because especially for women because women have not much bargaining power in terms of physical uh, strength and also with the uh, powers especially political powers improve uh, that your commitment, that you are ready fully to support your friends or your clients. So that's it. Be kind to everyone, especially to yourself. I love that. I love that. And something that we shouldn't need reminding of, but but so often do um, when we're on our path to try to, to figure out what we want to do. Um, and so if we're talking about individuals and we're talking about um, yeah, we're talking about individual action. How can individuals uh, get involved with BioRock or how can individual people get involved with coral restoration? Because I appreciate that that's two very different things, isn't it? So, so how can people get involved in supporting BioRock and how can people, do you think, get involved in supporting um, coral reef restoration where they are in the world? Well, yeah, I think that could be the sim the same the similar answer i think no matter what your choices are number one is start um yeah educating yourself about coral is anything that you can take class like you know with a 
uh, co coaching for cows, probably you get more knowledge <laughs> and um, <laughs> because uh, yes, you you need you need more information to understand what is uh, what is happening, what is the problem, and number two, I think whatever your business and your job is, I think you can try to start to link it to ocean or coral reefs, just because everybody have internet at the moment. You know, just just put the keywords in. What is the uh, relationship between ocean and just put your job or your business? Maybe with your um, catering, with your um, caregiver business, or anything. So you you will be amazed by the fact that everything you do, everything we impact the ocean, the coral reefs, and so, and maybe we'll also resonate back to your life, mm. even now or maybe the future so just start the question in yourself what is the relation between my job my life my business with the ocean so i mean the the um, the material or uh, the search engine is there so you can do it by yourself <laughs> i love i love that thank you for sharing. And, and business because everybody building hotels building house right and the number one Cows, I think that people don't aware that killing corals is sedimentation. That caused by people both building houses, building uh, mm. resorts, building, you know, anything. So yeah. sometimes they don't understand that their business is killing other ecosystems. So just yeah, start. There's not that awareness <laughs> there, right? Um, and you also do with Fire Rock, you also have different programs. Maybe you can tell a little bit more about the different programs you also educate, trying to educate the youth, right? You have different youth programs. Yeah. So we have, um, I think, around four programs in Bayrock, Indonesia. We have, number one is Bayrock Garden. Bayrock Garden is um, like, we, we want to improve coral reef ecosystem with the, this technology. And um, we, use, we train local community to restore coral reefs. And volunteers can also participate as Bayrock Gardener under the water. And everybody, including tourists, can also uh, support this program by uh, adopt baby corals uh, in this program. And we have a program, Scholar Reef number two. This is the youth program for Indonesian youth to increase their skills um, in coral reef research and monitoring. That we train them uh, online like this. Uh, and also they, uh, uh, in the end of the program, they have the opportunity to uh, do the field trip to measure coral reef restoration, to do the survey in, in the community, what is the impact in social and economic. And also they uh, will have the guidance on how communicate the information so they can spread awareness and importance of the sustainable coral reef restoration. Okay, our next program uh, is Bio Experience. This is where the uh, sustainable enterprise comes in. So um, we collaborate with local uh, business owners such as Homestay or also local dive operator. And we provide a public educational tour about conservation and restoration. And people can join us uh, whether in a guided snorkel trip or if you would like to know more, learn directly in the field about the, this technology, you can join the introduction of the biotechnology in a small group. So this will uh, provide uh, 
income uh, for both community and also for our team in restoring current restoration for decades. I think that's the key. So we can start the project, but if we, if we could not provide the maintenance, then there is no restoration. So this is the key in restoration. Uh, okay, so that's really interesting. And and when you were talking about all those four project points, um, at the heart of all of that is local people. And so I was wondering if you could expand on how the social enterprise provides local people with a sustainable business model that they can be a part of. Um, and was it tricky at first to get them on board with that, given that it is a slightly different business model to what they're used to? And I was also wondering what the role of women is specifically within that. Yes, this is definitely highly tricky <laughs> movement because uh, when we when we say that the business is uh, with the purpose of restoring coral reef, of course we already have this uh, big amount of um, what do you call it, operation cost of our restoration project. So yeah. uh, the <laughs> so the the burden is different with the with with the conventional of tour agent. So tour agent only you know provide uh, asking for the rates, uh, provide transportation, and that's it. But we have a tremendous amount of burden for the operation cost that that should be covered from this program, and also to ensure local community also get uh, the benefit. So this is really hard, and um the key i think is to focus on the with the youth because when we when we start discuss with the uh, people who already settled their business in the tourism and it's really hard for them to change their mindset that uh, they, they need to lower their price a little bit so this can benefit with the environment so we tried i think for the last few years and it, doesn't go anywhere so uh, we try now with the youth groups and I think it's quite promising so we, we start in a in a in a small um, group first sorry uh, several area and we will see the progress um, this year sorry not next year I think this is almost end of this year <laughs> next year we start really? uh, <laughs> 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 yes we, we try to change the focus to the youth groups so um, hopefully things will be go smoother and uh, we can we can focus more on uh, preparing the youth also to be uh, as a leader as a leader in conservation and also in the uh, economic so i think that's the what what we are heading at the moment to change the strategy from the from the older groups of uh, tourism pe uh, people to mm. the the youth at the moment. That's great. Uh, that, that's awesome. Um, I was always wondering, like, actually, like, how does plastic affect the corals? Or maybe you can talk a little bit, expand more about the dangers um, of corals or how they can, how can we be more responsible? Um, like, let's say we go into the ocean for snorkeling, swimming. Um, yeah. yeah about plastic of course plastic uh, affects anything and affects everybody and yeah. for corals um based on research i think uh if the plastic covered the corals uh for five days they definitely could die because they 
couldn't get the sunlight, they couldn't get uh, circulate the water because they trapped uh, what you call uh, the plastic covered all of the, mm. the corals. Yeah, but um, it's not just plastic. I think what's more serious than plastic or corals, again, it's the thing that you cannot see. It's mm -hmm. the something in the water. <laughs> <laughs> like I say, <laughs> uh, something that we cannot see, but it's more harmful for corals. Just like uh, the temperature, we cannot see temperature rising, but it's harmful for corals. And the nutrients, when you grow plants, you, you use fertilizer, you use a compost thing to ensure your plants will be uh, fruitful, will be um, what do you call uh, healthy but anything that plants like on land is hated by corals in the ocean so whatever on land uh, you know uh, I remember um, movies like whatever happens in Vegas uh, stay in Vegas so let's say what, <laughs> whatever happens on land just let's keep it on land <laughs> if, it, if that happens that. that's really really a big helpful for corals <laughs> <laughs> nice and uh, let's say um for snorkeling and diving like there are also some things to be aware of can you uh, tell us more about that like for snorkeling and and diving like when you go diving there are also some like rules right to not to hurt the corals yeah um i think it, it's it's it have become the code of conduct for uh, most of the sustainable uh, tourism uh, operator or people who are actually aware with the environment because we are actually a disturbance for the ecosystem. So if it's possible, uh, you know, um, what do you call, take nothing but pictures. Um, I, there, there are three things that I couldn't remember. Take <laughs> nothing but pictures. Leave uh, nothing but footprints. Uh, no, but for us, leave nothing but bubbles. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so there's no footprints okay. underwater. <laughs> oh, okay. Leave nothing but bubbles. Oh, kill, kill nothing but time. Um, take nothing but pictures and leave nothing but bubbles. So. Nice. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> and there, there's another, like, a lot of people also say, like, sunscreen, how that affects uh, the ocean. I think a lot of people are not aware of that yeah sunscreen is one of the things that we cannot see but dangerous for corals so if possible um please read the labels and please uh search the labels online again uh uh educate yourself what what is the content of my sunscreen and the harm for the uh, coral reef so because there are so many labels uh, i couldn't say that this label is okay and that label is okay because the label could also be what do you call uh stated different than the original one so so you really really need to be uh, research what actually contain in the ingredients yeah, and normally I yeah. think that there are some sunscreen beds on the packaging. Like and uh, yeah, last but not least, like how can people support uh, Byrock Indonesia? Uh, you are already part of Coaching for Cause, so our community. What can they do? Yes, um, of course. Uh, 
always uh, participate in Coach Perkaus uh, activity. Uh, <laughs> and um, second is you can also follow and share our social media. You can find us on Instagram, on Facebook, uh, with the uh, Buyer of Indonesia. Because when you share our information, it means you educate other people. So that's, you know, education is number one. And if you have um, any business, um, please do consider to partner with us um, because any any partnership will make the the coalition stronger because what we uh, work right now is not just underwater but also on land and also with people. So we really need more friends on our alliance, more partners. And if you have um, expertise, please do consider uh, to be our volunteer either with your time or your expertise and we now also consider online volunteers and we already published it on our social media i think we are looking for the uh, copywriter for for marion so we can we need a storyteller <laughs> definitely yeah uh, last but not least you can adopt yeah you can adopt a baby coral uh, through our website or through our social media and you can uh, donate your uh, belongings or your um, guests or whatever you think will be helpful for us uh, please do because uh, corals and also community need your help to make sure we can make better ecosystem for now and generations to come thank you so much Tazia and, and Molly yes. oh, you, you want to add no, I was just going to say, everyone who's listening, go and take a look at how you can adopt a baby coral. Um, because I did one for me, and then I did one for my dad's birthday as well. And it's just the nicest thing. It <laughs> they can be a Christmas my, present. My, a perfect Christmas present. Oh. I'm going to do a, a shameless plug for you here, Tassia. Like, Christmas is coming up, and the new year, and all sorts of lovely things. If you need to think of a, a gift to give to someone, um, don't give them something that's a bit rubbish and that they'll throw away. Um, invest in supporting our ecosystems and uh, send a bit of money over to Buy a Rock Indonesia and adopt a baby coral because they then send you, and this is the thing that just makes me smile so much, <laughs> they'll send you a video with, a, with your name written on the coral, um, which I just think is the sweetest thing. I mean, it's, um, it probably just adds, adds to your workload, I'm sure, but it's, it's um, a really nice thing to receive having, having made a donation. And so um yes everyone go out and do that and do all of the other things that tassia said as well because Biorock indonesia is just absolutely fantastic and I, and I think the world of this organization i think they're wonderful thank you so much for your time yes. today tassia yes thank and you will... very much molly manuel sure and i will uh, put the um links to the social media in the show notes so people can just click on it and find out uh, more uh, one one more question before uh, we leave, like how long do they need to um, order the baby coral uh, until they receive a picture? So because uh, Christmas is like in one and a half months, like normally how long does oh. it take? <laughs> yeah, I think the picture will be uh, one month uh, different. Okay. So yeah. yeah. So do it now. Do it now when <laughs> the podcast comes, <laughs> comes out next week, then it's exactly like around one month. <laughs> Yes, awesome. uh, my team will need to dive and prepare your name under the water, so at least one month. <laughs> yes, <laughs> great. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening and uh, come on and support Byrock. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Manu. Thank you, Molly. Thanks, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. 
You are now in a position to change someone's life for the better. If someone popped into your head as you were listening to this episode, send them the link now. Isn't that a guaranteed way to make someone's day? We think so. Now we hope that you learned something today and if you did, let us know. Tag us on Instagram using at coachingforcause and if you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so via our Patreon page and the link for that is in our show notes. Coaching for Cause is an online coaching platform that brings people, coaches and NGOs together to help themselves and to help the world. To find out more and to get involved, head to www.coachingforcause.com and join our community. We'd love to have you. Oh, and one final thing. We regularly release new podcasts, so please subscribe before this episode ends, which will be in five, four, three, two, one. See you later.